Welcome back to Take the Leap. Thank you guys for tuning back into the podcast, Escaping the Matrix, and reconnecting to our inner knowing on this path to self-actualization. If it's your first time, I want to go ahead and welcome you to the conversation. Um, I am always excited to share the space with everyone and host this time of jumping off to consider um, some points where we live our unique experiences and how to evolve from that. My name is Shay, and every Monday and Wednesday, we are finding enjoyment here in this space on this journey of transformation and discovery with each other. Today, uh, we want to continue peeling back new layers of the onion despite our smiles, our tears, and any perceived fears. Today is a personal topic, although I won't be divulging much personal information um, because it's about spiritual practices. There are a few things I hold sacred and protect by maintaining my privacy, um, more so than my other experiences in my life. And those two things are going to be my family and my spiritual engagement. Um, I do believe that those things are individual things. how you rear your children, even though you may give um, ideas and share things like that, you know, your values and what you believe in, how you raise your children, how you interact with your family. I, I like to give privacy to that as well as my spiritual practices. Um, it's not even that there's anything to hide, but I sincerely don't subscribe to owing anyone any part of me that is an ingredient to my happiness, okay? That's more so what that is about. And in the age of social media and being conditioned to look and follow the lives of celebrity, we forget that no part of anyone is owned by us. Like we're not entitled to it. So therefore we have no express right to demand any details about it. But anywho, with that said, Let's go ahead and jump into that topic of spirituality and how it supports the self-love journey. Does it support the self-love journey? Of course you know I'm going to say yes, right? I mean, it's a valid question because spirituality can support a self-love journey in many ways. A few of those ways include helping us connect with our true self, like how we see ourselves, how we define who we are, not what we do, not how we engage with people, but who we are. Um, Whether we explore that question of the soul, right, if we're just body, flesh, blood, or if we're more than um, just this meat suit. And then, of course, there's the purpose. Do we have a purpose in life? And if we feel that we do, finding that purpose, defining what that purpose is. Uh, We also have spirituality being a way to inspire the beauty that we see around us in in us as individual beings ourselves those people that we engage in and the environments that we are a part of or connected to Um, part of our wisdom where that comes from right Uh, like i said our values and also the expression of love to ourselves and to others it is part of the encouragement that we have to practice gratitude, whether we practice forgiveness or uh, grace, whatever type of compassion we may have towards ourselves and others, what, how we view kindness towards ourselves and others. Spirituality provides guidance for some, provides comfort for others, and hope 
is cultivated through prayer, meditation, and a host of other spiritual practices, okay? Whether you agree or you don't agree with those practices, spirituality challenges our growth, uh, challenges us to learn and to heal from experiences and overcome difficulties with our experiences. And it's also a way that we're reminded that we are not alone, not just with the people around us, but if we were the only ones, right? Uh, Where are we coming from? Who created us? But it's this being a part of a larger plan, um, being connected to more than just us, right? So um, spirituality has a lot to do with those things, and we might say, that self-love and spirituality, they go hand in hand. Now, when we're growing through spiritual spiritual practices, um, we access opportunities to grow our self-love and vice versa. It goes in the reverse as well. Now, I know I can't just leave the conversation there because many people that I've had a chance to converse with and work with, um, they definitely want to know and they ask, even have challenged me regarding whether spirituality is religious, like are those things synonymous? And um, based on not just what I feel, but also the information that's available there, right? Spirituality and religion is not synonymous. Spirituality does not have to be religious, although they are different concepts, okay, they do overlap and even influence each other. Spirituality is more of a broad term and it refers to more the way that people experience and relate to sacredness, uh, the divine or the transcendent, right? Religion is more of a specific system of beliefs, a system of practices, maybe even institutions that express or explain um, and the understanding of the sacred or the divine, okay, and how that system operates. Some people may even identify as spiritual, but not necessarily religious, meaning that they have a personal sense of connection to something that's greater than themselves, but they don't follow or belong to any organized religion. And I personally experienced both. Um, they may practice spirituality through meditation or yoga, uh, connecting to nature, art, music, or other forms of expression. Other people may identify as religious and spiritual, meaning that they adhere to a certain faith, um, a tradition of ritualistic practices, and also cultivating their own spiritual experiences and values, um, connecting to the source, connecting to the divine, and uh, receiving messages or communicating directly, okay? Some people may identify as religious but not spiritual, Uh, and that can mean that they participate in a religious community or they're connected to a religious community and follow certain rules, but they do not have this strong personal or emotional connection to the sacred, right? So there's ritualistic practices, but not necessarily uh, this feeling of direction, 
from something larger than themselves. And some people may identify as neither religious or spiritual. And that means that they don't believe in or care about the existence of sacred or divine or anything um, outside of themselves, okay? Now, there's also some evidence that spirituality influence change in our lives as it relates to physical health and serious illnesses. There is definitely some literature out there and available explaining how spirituality can have positive effects on our well-being. And that would include things like reducing symptoms of depression, enhancing quality of life for individuals, uh, even influencing certain medical care decisions. When I was a practicing Jehovah Witness, there was a lot of controversy, not just even with family, but with um, medical professionals and um, <laughs> colleagues, peers, co-workers, you know, that piece of information just seemed to upset people. And I actually was practicing when um, my daughter needed, my, my oldest daughter, needed some very serious surgical procedures to be performed. As a baptized Jehovah Witness, um, there's some conscious things, things that you have to decide, you know, based on your knowledge and your connection to the divine as to um, what decision you're going to make. But one of those things has to be, happens to be about uh, receiving trans, blood transfusions or denying them, right? Um, and so at this particular time, although before I was a practicing Jehovah Witness when my daughter was born, um, she, I did learn that she had received a transfusion, okay, in order for her life to continue. They medically decided that, that was needed. In this case, we were coming up on a surgery and she was 15 years old and it was going to be a back surgery to correct some issues with her spine. She had severe scoliosis to where um, it was forming the letter S in her spine and it was causing her um, to sit over in a, a very slunched way and kinda, it was about compensation. Because she lacks, and I have permission to talk about this from her, but because she lacks um, a full pelvic bone, she only has half, so she was born with the lower left quadrant missing, okay? And so that means that anything below the waist, if it's one, she only has half, and if there was supposed to be two, she only has one. So as, as it relates to her pelvis, then she only had half of it, and um, it left her tailbone just kind of not free-floating, but definitely not secured, okay? So the way that she would balance herself, because she had no bone on that uh, left side, is she kind of um, would, would lean over to one side to balance herself when she sat down, and that just resulted in some severe scoliosis, and so they wanted to correct that. As a matter of fact, she gained two inches from the surgery. So while we're going through that, um, I am adamant about not having... The blood transfusion and there are a lot of studies in Europe where they don't use blood transfusions like we do and their patients had a better recovery time uh, less pain and and a decreased need for pain medication right so there was a lot of back and forth with the doctor and myself and they would ask my daughter if she was in agreement and she said she trusts my opinion right um, there are options as well, like they have a machine 
where it circulates the butt, cleans the butt, um, and it adds some fluid to it as well. So there's there there are some other little details like whether your blood can be separated from your body and all those things, right? So you have to decide if these medical procedures are something that you're going to adhere to. Will you consider it, you know, religiously appropriate for you? There's also, I, I believe it was epigen, there's also shots that can be taken to build up the blood as well before that. And so we did opt for those shots to do that, right? Um, there's the option with the doctor for me to give blood, but that would count as a transfusion. So we chose not to do that. And so there was another gal, they were about the same age. My daughter was 15 and she was 16 or 17 and they were both having the surgery at the same time. And we didn't know that at the time, but yeah, they were both scheduled in the same week to have the surgery. People were very concerned. The doctor expressed his concern. He said he'd done this surgery you know, thousands of times, but he was most concerned with having to do it this way without a blood transfusion, that he would have to be very careful, you know. And to me, that was comforting. It didn't make me feel nervous about it, but it just made me feel, like he said, he would be very careful. I don't think any doctor wants to lose a patient, okay? So we go through with the surgery. It's very successful. Uh, we come back for our six-week checkup, and my daughter, because she doesn't have that left leg, she's on forearm crutches, right? So um, she's back, and she's using her forearm crutches to come to her first checkup, and the nurses are like in amazement because the two, my daughter and the other gal, they're both back for their checkups, right? And the nurse was just coming in to explain to us, like, they, they're amazed at this because the other person who had the surgery in the same week, like, you know, they're still taking the pain medication. Um, they're still needing, you know, assistance with being mobile. And they have both of their legs, you know, and they're still having difficulty getting around. And my daughter was, again, on these forearm crutches. She wasn't using her pain medication anymore. As a matter of fact, I think in the first two weeks, but I think that also had to do with um, my daughter saying that, you know, she was concerned about getting addicted to the pain medication and she didn't want that to happen. So we only administered it like when the pain was unbearable for her and that's what she wanted. And that was at 15 years old. But they were all very amazed and um, thought, you know, maybe this was not such a bad idea. They said they had never seen recovery like that ever before. And so that just says the difference between, you know, where you live and what options are available. But that was something that always stood out in my mind because he said, you know what, I'm gonna have to be very careful. And, and maybe it's easier to go in there and not be worried about how much blood somebody's losing, you know, because you can just replace it. Um, but I don't know, that it just definitely worked out. And so things like that can affect what we're doing physically with our bodies. It can affect whether we want to be kept on um, machines, you know, that help us stay alive, if we're gonna be on breathing machines, if we're going to have um, someone able to speak for us and say, okay, we call it, right? That can be very, <laughs> very difficult to do. Um, they call it a DNR, do not resuscitate. Um, and that's something that Jehovah Witnesses actually talk about and go over with you for information as well. And again, that's something that's a conscious matter. 
Um, and so you have to decide how you would want that to happen. For me, I wouldn't want my family member um, to have to make the decision for my DNR. And so when I have one, um, it's not a family member. I think they should be able to to grieve and be able to deal with that stress, whatever feelings they're having, you know, when you're in that situation. And then I also think it takes the pressure off making that decision, but also it has to be someone that you trust who's able to carry that decision forward and they trust that while you're in your right mind, right, while you're, while you're able to make that judgment that this is truly what you want. And I think it deserves some thought as well because, um, you know, we may think something when we're healthy, and then we may change our minds when we're not. So it definitely deserves some thought. And those are things that I've also had to go over with people um, when I worked with aging and adult services because they're in those end stages of life as well. So those were always conversations that I had to have with people. So it makes it easier for me to have that conversation with my family than if you've never had those conversations before. But there's, our spirituality can help us cope with stresses like that and find meaning and purpose as well um, in, in those events. It can help us connect with something greater than ourselves and, and uh, keep us focused on hope, right? Keep us focused on bouncing back during those type of events. However, the evidence is not conclusive, they would say, right? There are some peer-reviewed articles. The effects of spirituality may vary depending on the individual. Some people uh, write about it as a placebo effect, right? What you believe is, is changing the outcome of the situation. So depending on the individual, the context, and the type of spirituality, I mean, there's loads of outcomes that are available, okay? So it is important to respect and appreciate the diversity of spiritual experiences and beliefs that people have, even if you do not take ownership with them and you don't think, you know, this is not a way that I want to live in my life. But it's also important to explore what works best for you. We often grow up in uh, whatever experiences are set or maybe no experience. And then as we start to explore, then that's when we find out what works best for us. Um, everyone has their own journey and their own preferences when it comes to exploring the meaning and the purpose of life. And I think that it's an, it's an important thing for us to respect and appreciate that diversity, okay, especially that we have here. I don't know where you're listening from, but I'm in the U.S., and so the options are limitless, okay? Um, I try to respect the beliefs and experiences that people do have, and I'm definitely to open... I'm open to hearing about them. If I was not open, I would not have explored um, Eastern medicine, medicinal practices when I fell ill myself. And it just did not seem that the uh, Western practices were effectively addressing my issue. And so I started exploring those things and I did make a great recovery. It's how I became a vegetarian. It's how I reconnected nature it's how I got moving again and dedicated to my body movement so again it just really depends on uh, what works for you but don't miss out on the opportunity to learn from each other as well like I said we think that if we allow someone to share this or share that that we have to approve of it it doesn't mean that you approve of it it doesn't mean that you're gonna adopt it into your life but I'm a person I'm very nosy and so I'd like to understand like what is this perspective right and I work with a lot of different people so I think it's important for me to understand 
and I'm a person who believes in illustrations when I'm working with individuals. So I can't really understand how this person's world is affected if I don't understand what they believe in. That's just just what I feel. I, I can't understand my connection with them, right, and our similarities. If I don't know what their life is like, if I don't know uh, where their values come from. So I just think it's beneficial for us to learn from each other. Now, if you are interested in learning more about how to cultivate spiritual self-love, right, and how those two things go together, there are some things that you can check out. Because I'm also not a minister or a preacher. I think on the last episode I said I'm not a doctor. But these things are part of aspects of wellness in our lives. There's, um, I talk about in the workshop these aspects of wellness and spirituality is one of them. Physical is one of them. Um, mentally, that's one of them. Uh, economically, uh, environmentally. So this is just one of those aspects. There's a couple of books out there. One is called... Uh, How Does Spirituality Influence Personal Growth and Self-Realization? And there's also a book called Spiritual Self-Love, Using Spirituality to Love Yourself More. Um, And then maybe you're exploring spirituality and and trying to see if that works for you. And so there's a book, it says, it's called um, 15 Ways to Connect with Your Spirituality During Your Self-Love Journey. So there's a couple of things that um, you can use to jump off into a different direction and I really hope that it does um, suffice for you and helps you on your self-love journey just always remember that you are a beautiful individual and I'm not talking about our outward appearance or aesthetics okay but who you are inside the root of you okay that you express outwardly and you are unique and you deserve that uniqueness you deserve to express that uniqueness and you are a valuable individual you're not alone okay it may feel like that at times but you're not the only person going through certain experiences and I do hope that you can be open to connecting with others that you're able to resonate with whether it be virtually uh, face-to-face and in, in whatever type of setting it can be I am very excited to hand over the reins again to our Facebook community so that we can dive a little deeper and have some vulnerable conversation. Please do follow me over there. If you're not already a member, you can definitely search Facebook for Take the Leap, L-E-A-P. It is a private group, and so it will allow you to search it. But once you become a member, no one can see you as a member of the group, and no one can see what you're posting as a member of the group, okay? The only thing that you have to agree to is being respectful in that space um, and allowing each individual to be an individual. That means we're having adult conversations, which does not include insulting people. Um, Let's really (laughs) work on our expressions and uh, digging deep just even into ourselves, okay? I definitely want to hear about all of the stress management. I want to hear about um, all of the ways that spirituality has assisted you on your self-love journey or how you think it can assist you, okay, since you've been on this journey. I'd like to have this space as a resource for us as well and um, other ideas that maybe people have not thought of. You can always reach out to me on Messenger. Um, 
S-J-S-H-E-A, Toasted, T-O-S-T-O-N. I definitely love to connect. I do not have a lot of time, okay, for casual conversation, but any questions you have about the podcast, about the Facebook community, or if you have any ideas or topics that you would like to explore, definitely feel free to reach out to me about that. I want to thank you for taking the leap with me today, as with every day. Join us in a couple of days for another stepping stone to reconnect with self and access the knowledge we're born with to navigate our journeys to self-actualization. And actually, the next episode will be the conclusion of this season for taking the leap. So I'll see you at the crossroads. Same time, same station.